Sunny and minus 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Synovus is buying Husky Energy in a blockbuster deal worth $23.6 billion. The combined company will be the third largest Canadian oil and natural gas producer, pumping out 760,000 barrels a day. Craig Bond with the Bond Investment Group at Wellington Altus Private Wealth tells Global News what likely motivated this decision. Oh, I think no question it's the low energy price environment we are in that's forcing these big companies to really look at how they can cut costs and continue to uh, uh, move forward in a very challenged environment. Officials say the transaction has been unanimously approved by the board of directors of both companies and is expected to close in the first quarter of next year. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. That earlier collision southbound Deerfoot Trail and 96th Avenue is now clear and traffic has recovered through the area and we are seeing light volume and dry road conditions all across the city. We do have some construction today at Glenmore Trail and 68th Street Southeast. This goes through the intersection and this is bound to cause backups as roads get busier. Indigo and Chapters are ready to holiday. Get gifts you want before you need them. Shop online with same day in-store pickup or visit any location. Visit indigo.ca. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Ontario has recorded more than 1,000 new cases of COVID-19 for the first time today. The province reported 1,042 new cases over the past 24 hours, along with seven new deaths linked to the novel coronavirus. It's the first time since the province has recorded such a high daily case tally since the beginning of the global pandemic in March. B.C. Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson is urging patience as the final provincial election results are confirmed, though he admits it appears John Horgan's new Democrats are poised to form a majority government. Wilkinson refused to concede in his brief speech last night. Global's John Hua has more. This was obviously not the result that the B.C. Liberal Party was hoping for, and the only conversation moving forward is one of party renewal and how drastically they will have to rebuild to move on from this defeat. Now, stalling that conversation somewhat is leader Andrew Wilkinson. He did not concede defeat in his speech to the media, and he also did not answer questions from the media, knowing that many of those questions would be whether he should move forward as leader of the B.C. Liberal Party. He said that British Columbians deserve to wait and have every single vote counted. But make no mistake, those questions are going to continue to linger. They're going to continue to grow from within the party itself and then it will be up to Andrew Wilkinson to finally answer whether he should be the leader moving forward if true renewal should happen in the BC Liberal Party. John Hua, Global News. The Alberta Serious Incident Response Team is investigating a death of a suspect who was being held at the Spy Hill Services Centre. Friday evening, police responded to reports of a man with an airsoft gun at the Marlborough C-Train station. Officers arrested him without incident and charged him with breach-related offenses. Police say during a routine check at around 8 p.m., the man was seen eating his meal, but during the next check, he was found unresponsive. Police say despite significant life-saving efforts, he was pronounced dead at 8.40 p.m. ACERT is now investigating as it is standard practice when someone dies in custody. In a written statement to Global News, Calgary police say they have extensive systems and protocols in place to ensure the care of arrestees, but out of abundance of caution, they will review the incident to inform their procedures. 
Workers continue to repair northeastern homes damaged by the June hailstorm despite the freezing weather. According to the Insurance Bureau of Canada, the June 13th storm caused at least $1.2 billion in insured damages. Homeowner Pamela Fisher says she endured the worst of the storm and the first winter blast of the year, but she knows there is more to come. And we're told to be patient, but how do you be patient when you have no windows and your side, your wood is exposed on your on your home and your roof is leaking? It's it's hard. Councillor George Shahal says he's also worried residents won't be able to pay their heating bills. Global News Sky Tracker weather sunny today with a high of minus three. The wind chill at minus 25 this morning, mainly cloudy tomorrow with a high of plus one. It's minus 17 at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roel Coombs and it is a chilly one out there this morning. A little bit... Uh, I think a low of minus 18 to 20 in certain parts of the city and surrounding area. Nice thing is we had the, the good snowfall before, so it's covered a lot of our plants, protecting them before they've gone totally dormant. So there's some good things. And also you can do a little bit of different farming um, beside the plant. We can do some snow farming. So all this beneficial moisture, what you could do is just take it and put it around the foundation of your house, around some of those areas that maybe didn't get the snow underneath your spruce trees. Some other areas, just, just cover it up because it's supposed to warm right up again next week. So then we're going to be warm. And this is going to melt fairly quickly. And then it looks good for a while. So we should be able to still, if you didn't get your bulbs in, I know there's some people that uh, have their bulbs sitting on the counter still and... Uh, the ground should not be frozen solid, so you should be totally good. And if you'd like to, to go join me on the phone lines, they'll be wide open here, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-536-7770. And uh, you can give me a shout if you'd like to, and that also is the talk and text. I've already had a text this morning asking about um, leaves that are frozen on the tree yeah, and unfortunately, the, some of the leaves, and it's kind of weird. Um, there was a columnar aspen. I know mine um, in my front yard went totally red and orange and got great colors in a lot of them in my area. But then I know some of my neighbors and, and some other callers that have called in and driving around town, they were still very green, and they just froze solid on the, on the tree itself. So for the most part, that'll be fine. They'll just... Um, they'll dry up and they'll blow off here in the next few weeks and uh, the tree should be fine. It doesn't feel as cold or as, as enduring as what we had last year. And it was a little earlier last year. It was born in September. So this year, being mid-October, the, the, a lot of the trees hopefully have been a little bit more dormant and we're not going to get that damage Um to any of the trees and shrubs that we had this year where we had that uh, freeze-dried effect on them. And uh, hopefully that uh, – and f someone, uh, Mark, is going to give us a shout from Prune It Up. He's going to give us a shout, I think, just after not, or just after 10 o'clock. And uh, we're going to chat about what you should be doing to your trees and that over the winter time. And uh, we were talking a bit about it on Friday. It's just – He's not looking to go in and, and cut your trees down. He he wants to 
have you as a repeat customer come in, shape them, clean them up, get them healthy, um, feed them properly, and, and keep them going. And uh, I know there's a lot of guys just uh, out there. And, and unfortunately, when you get into economic times, so one thing I'm just going to recommend, if you are calling an arborist, just check their credentials, um, ensure that they have the proper insurance, because if anything happens, it does fall on your house insurance. So you want to make sure that you're, they're covered and, and they're proper ISA certified and all that other fun stuff um, to make sure that your trees are in good hands. Because once you cut them off, it's hard to glue those uh, <laughs> branches back on. It doesn't work very well. So one thing I noticed when the weather changes, man, it gets so dry. Like it, you think with the moisture, it would feel um, more moist, but it actually almost feels uh, worse off. It feels drier as it just shrivels everything up. And uh, so on our plant material, this the moisture is good. Like I was saying earlier, it's going to help get into the into the into the roots and get that moisture built up. So when it warms up again there for that week or so, if you, if you haven't watered much, you can, you can continue to water one more time after all this melts. And uh, like I said, it looks like it's going to go on for a couple of weeks. I know the, our landscape crew are going to be happy as we have a few projects that uh, we're going to try and get finished up here. And I don't have any, Hey Liam, is there any calls on the line yet? I'll just ask him real quick. Okay, do you want to put Eleanor on? Perfect. Good morning, Eleanor. Yes, good morning, Merle. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, of I have course. a quick question about uh, we yeah. have a laurel leaf willow, and we've battled mm -hmm. with it every spring. It gets yeah. uh, black aphids, and we spray it before it buds out with um, uh, dormant oil. And then midsummer, we've been using the pure spray, pure green spray. Yep, pure and, spray green, yep. Yes, and then about a week before this snow came, I noticed that it was covered in the aphids again. Is there uh -huh. anything else that we should be uh, doing, or is there a different chemical? Not really. No, it, it, it's sort of, um, and they do like it. Unfortunately, that means you have health, nice, healthy growth. But it's it's a little bit rare to see them come in that late yeah. into the season. But um, one good thing with the laurel leaf willow, if you ensure that you're feeding it, watering it well, it can sustain what they're doing to it. Like they they're not going to suck it all the moisture out of it. They love willows because they have so much moisture in them, and that's sort okay. of if that makes sense, like there's a lot there for them. So when they go into them and start <laughs> eating, there's lots there. It's like, a, it's like the Las Vegas buffet for them. Right? It's just sort okay. of boom. Uh, so like just before the snow fell, I could have sh shook in the tree and the, the aphids would have fallen all over me. It was just covered with them. Oh, really? Huh? Mm -hmm. That's like I said, that is a little bit. Unusual. I, and again, when you do the treatments, you need to do it. Like if you do it on Tuesday, you got to do it again in about five days and then again in about five days because they're okay. born pregnant pretty much. So you okay. got to break the cycle. So it's typically three applications in a row to okay. break it. Well, I haven't been doing that. So maybe that's something. So, yeah. Um, so that, that will definitely help because like I said, when they're, when they're basically, when they're hatch, they're pregnant, like they're ready, they're spitting out more already. So. Okay. 
So we should still use the dormant oil again in the spring before. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the dormant oil. It is if you if you got to be so careful with it. If you have it on too late and if you don't rinse it off, sometimes you can do more harm than good. Okay. I just like the pure spray green myself. I like okay. I just once it once it comes out, the pure spray green does the same thing as the dormant oil, but it doesn't need to be rinsed off, and you're not going to cause any harm with it. So it's a, uh, I just it's it's more of an all purpose, and it also will look after the scale, which does affect the laurel leaf willow, unfortunately. So okay. Well, maybe we'll try so, a different course of action this coming year then. Yeah, you just need to, yeah, and that's what it is. It's just, it's it's breaking the cycle. You have to do it three times in a row to okay. really, to get at it. And then sure, you're feeding it. The laurel leaf willow is a heavy feeder. And okay. so the deep root injections as they get bigger, and uh, and that really helps a lot getting it, okay. uh, getting it going. So, because okay. I, I know I was really surprised, Mark, like we hadn't done it before. He he brought it into our printed up division. He runs it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, it's got to be good because I'm used to this regular fertilizing. And then he did my laurel leaf willow that I have in the backyard, and there's this we we have it in a good spot to block out one of the houses and our neighbor, and it's yeah. just amazing how much it just like like two three feet this year, and I'm just like holy, like it just it gave it some nice growth and just nice and thick and healthy. So and that's the deep uh, root. Yeah, deep root fertilizer. And when is and the best it, time to, to do that? We usually we typically do it in the spring, and then we do again in the fall. Sort of, it's a okay. twice a year application. So, and you can book it through the pruned up guys, and uh, okay. and get in line, and and Mark will have you put in the queue to get it done next spring. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day. Have Thanks, a good Eleanor. Day. Bye now. You too. Bye bye. And I got a couple uh, texts here. What do I got here? Ah, those look like hawthorns. It says, good morning, Merle. This tree appears to grow wild in our acreage. Do you know what they are? Thanks, Devin. Um, it, it, it's a definitely a hawthorn of some sort, but it's weird it has the berries. Um, so that's sort of what I'm thinking. I'm going to take a little closer look at it. And uh, it's gorgeous-looking tree. I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's uh, – if you, hey Devin, can you just reply and just let me know how large those are, how big the tree? If you can take a picture of the actual tree, I'd love to be able to see a little bit more of the structure, and then I can help you. And then I got another question here. It says, "Is pure spray green safe to use on cannabis?" The wife grew some outdoors this year, and it was full of bugs. Absolutely. Um, it just when you get to the bud stage, you don't want to use really anything as that's the stuff you're going to be smoking or uh, or doing whatever you do with it. So, But you can definitely use the pure spray green. It's been used in the wine industry for like 20, 30 years, um, the cut rose industry, and um, it's a commercial product that uh, just came into the retail market a few years ago. So, yeah, you can definitely use it on your cannabis. You're good to go. All right, I'm going to take a break, and uh, when we get back, we'll do some phone calls and some text. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted full-service garden center. Spruce it up, prune it up, green it up. We got you covered. 
and uh, and it is an interesting time at the garden centers. I know most of them are going around, and we're starting to set up our Christmas displays. I know, and we do get flack sometimes about the Remembrance Day thing, but it would be very hard for the garden centers to wait that long. For one thing, we're competing against the box stores who have their stuff out early. But to do the great displays that you'll see when you come down to the to the garden centers, you'll see uh, some, some Christmas done just a little bit better and a lot of thought and care. I know Suzanne has lost a lot of sleep over the last few weeks <laughs> thinking about her Christmas displays. And she does a magnificent job um, leading that team of uh, of our merchandising and getting the the Christmas and all the seasonal stuff um, set up and looking so good. And Chris um, from the tree lot, she uh, goes from the tree lot and then she's doing all their great outdoor arrangements. And what we've done is uh, we got some live trees this year where we're doing gnomes out of the weeping Norway spruce. So this way, when you buy them and you have them, you can plant them in the springtime. As long as you keep them moist and, and, and not totally in full sun, heated, dried out, um, they should be fine. And it's a tree that you'll be able to plant rather than just the, the boughs and the things and that you end up just throwing away. So we're hoping that these will survive the winter and then you can plant them. But they're, they look awesome. I know uh, Chris has been busy sewing a bunch of, uh, of uh, gnome hats and all different things. So they look pretty awesome. So pretty, pretty happy with what I'm starting to see in, in the garden center. And, uh, and we've expanded our garden and our Christmas area by uh, double it just because of COVID as well, just to create more space, more social distancing when you are shopping. And I know I talked about trying to do a market it, it just, with what's going on and with AHS, it just, we couldn't put it together. We'd, we'd need, a, and that's sort of why Spruce Meadows in the city has shut it down. And it's just, it's too hard to try and do it. And uh, so we're just going to stick with our Christmas, but we've expanded our Christmas line. And I know Zoe and I, we've been ordering some other stuff and trying to get things. So we're going to have a great selection and a lot of different stuff. We dealt with that. A new company out of Holland, and uh, so really, really looking forward to seeing all that stuff. It's a little bit more of a, a lot of the classic type Christmas stuff. So, looking forward to that. And I'm going to get back to a little bit of gardening. So, Devin, that is a hawthorn. I sort of looked a little closer. Um, so what? You, and it's if they're growing wild, I'm not too sure. They do self pollinate. They do seed. So there could be someone that has some close by. And they've seeded themselves. But, yeah, you got some hawthorns growing there. So they look pretty good. And here we got a text. Good morning. I have a rose bush to put to bed yet. How do I do this? It's on the west-facing wall right up against the house. Depending on what kind of rose is it, if it's a tea rose, um, typically you should um, get one of those, either a, a wax-covered cardboard box or those covering um, those styrofoam cover boxes that they have for roses or or put some wire around it and pile leaves all around it. For the hardy shrub roses, it's just more or less mounting up mulch. And like I was saying before, using our green it up soil enhancer 
or sea soil, something like that, just as a great mulch for your soil. And then it's there first thing in the spring to um, work into your soil. I don't cut back any of my roses in the fall. I always wait till spring to see all the, if there's any deadwood, and then I even it up at that time. Because that way, if the winter's going to kill any of it, I'd rather have the big branches on there that it does it to that. Then I can even it up in the spring, and then it just takes off. And it's always amazing. I, I have a topiared um, quick fire hydrangea. I thought for sure it when it came out in the spring, it had these little twigs and started spitting out its little branches, its little green things. And then it was just it's just amazing. Within two or three weeks, it just filled right out and it does its thing. So I, I even me being in the business, I think about it and you get sort of set back sometimes in the early spring you kind of look we look at our stuff after it's been sitting for the last six months over winter and that comes back and then you get a little bit disheartened but it's amazing what it what it can do here in our great alberta gardening area so you'll be good to go all right and here i got another text here it says good morning i sent this text last weekend about my rose plant it was almost killed last winter but came back with some dead branches should it be cut back before the weather gets even colder if any of the branches are dead damage or disease um i would definitely cut it back but other than that it looks it looks good like it's a nice big it looks like it came back quite nicely so it looks like a, like a Teresa Bugnay or something like that. So you could just mulch that over. It looks like it's in a bed of grass. So you might want to get a little bit of mulch around that, get rid of the grass right around it and, uh, and make a little bit more of a, of a, a bark mulch bed is sort of what I would say is around it with that would definitely help. Um, but other than that, yeah, you could, you could even it up to the bottom of the fence. It, cause it's about, well, the fence is three to four feet. So it's, it's above the fence. So, yeah, it looks good. I uh, I wouldn't do a whole lot to that. And here I got another text. It says, good morning, Merle. I was away for a couple of weeks. When we got the snow and cold weather, I still have beets and carrots and onions in the garden. Are they still able to be salvaged? Absolutely. Um, from what I hear, this should make them nice and sweet. And uh, so I would just wait till this warms up over the next couple of days. So maybe next Wednesday or Thursday, go out and do your harvest and uh, let us know how those turned out. Because uh, from what I understand that that coldness will just sweeten them right up and you should be good to go on that. So um, let us know how that goes. And the phone lines are wide open. You can give me a shout 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I think I said 536 last time, but it's 563. If you'd like to give me a shout, and uh, we'll be good to go. A little slower on the phone lines compared to last week, man. It was crazy. So here we are. We got Gordy and Airdrie. What and where is the property that you worked for 12 years and described in the Great Ideas segment? Um, that is a, it was a private estate just just south of Calgary. Um. I was very fortunate to to work out there and actually I'm helping redo the garden now as uh as it uh was done a number of years ago and it's kind of aged and uh, and maybe got neglected a little bit but uh working with uh 
gentleman by the name of Dwayne Passy, and he's working really hard at uh, getting it back up to snuff. And so we're redesigning, doing some things and uh, getting the plant material set for next year. But yeah, it's just, uh, just west of Spruce It Up and a little bit south. So kind of a neat little project I worked on. We did some solar heated caves and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, you don't always get to do those kind of things in this area. But it was kind of weird. I had a, a premonition when I was young, and I'm not a psychic or a little psycho sometimes, but I'm not a psychic. But I did um, have that thought of working on a private estate. And I kept thinking to myself, well, where is there a private estate in Calgary? Well, there just isn't any. But actually, I'm just looking at the clock. And my things popped off my iPad. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Sunny and minus 16 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Synovus Energy is buying Husky in an all-stock deal valued at $23.6 billion. The Calgary companies say the combined company will be the third largest Canadian oil and natural gas producer. BC's New Democrats will be forming the province's next government. Results from yesterday's vote show the NDP won or were leading in 55 ridings, more than enough to form a majority government. Quebec has reached more than 100,000 cases of COVID-19. The province has reported 879 new cases today, pushing its total to 100,114 infections. Global News Skytracker weather, sunny today and a high of minus 3. It's minus 16 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to pull up Mark from Prune It Up. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How's it going? Good, good. How are we, uh, how are we making out today? <laughs> We're doing well. We're going to definitely be staying inside today. It looks a little chilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get ready to get up in the trees this coming week, eh? Lots, lots going on. It's elm season back in full swing, eh? Yeah, yeah, we're we've been on the elms here since October one, um, but we're just doing a big push here just to just to wrap up the our season. So um, yeah, we're just going to be doing some elm pruning, uh, deadwooding spruce trees. Uh, we're doing lots of apple shapings to keep trees the, the right size for your yard. Uh, so all that fun stuff. So what should people be looking at? Like now, like when your leaves fall off, um, I guess, what do you look at just uh, if you're looking to call, uh, should I call an arborist or, or not? Just look for abnormal, abnormal leaves in your trees. Um, inspect the, the multi-stem trees to see if there's any cracks or splits. Um, because, you know, with, with snow and stuff and, and extreme cold, uh, there's chances of failure. So you just want to kind of just do more of an, a visual inspection, which is definitely a, a lot easier to do this time of year with the leaves off. So just yeah. just just walk around and, and look to see if things look normal. If if they don't, then then make the phone call. It's it's just as easy just to pick up the phone and say, hey, I I don't, I don't think this is looking normal. Um, can you come and take a look? And we have no issues doing that. 
Yeah, and you don't uh, – you do free free quotes for people if you want to pop out and like, yeah, you're not give got, a full do, yard assessment, but you'll do – you give free quotes or recommendations. Yeah, free estimates. If you do want us to go through and name all of your types of trees and how to do proper care, uh, we do offer the, the health assessments and, and tree risk assessments as well. But, uh, you know, there, there is a fee for that because we definitely spend a lot more time with you and, and we do a write-up after. So it's, it's yeah. a lot more thorough. Um, but, you know, if you know 100%, okay, I, I want these two trees pruned. Um, while you're there, can you just give us, you know, a few pointers on this? We have absolutely no issues doing that. Nice. And what, uh, going into the fall after this season, what was the most, um, would we see the most of this past season, like this desiccation damage or winter damage from last September? Or So we saw a ton of um, trees that didn't leave out um, because of the freeze drying. And, and we were telling people just to be a bit patient with that because I, I think a lot of these are going to bounce back. And that's why we, we're really recommending to do the deep root feeding, um, not not to make the trees grow bigger, but it's just to boost the health and and uh, get them to turn around. If, if anything's going to force them to push leaves out next spring, it's going to be the the deep root injection. And uh, no, we really really try to promote that because not only does it do the feeding, it also does uh, breaks up soil compaction, which is which is huge, right? So people could be watering, but if your soil's compacted, it's just going to leak out quickly. So it's not hitting those fine root hairs, and uh, there isn't real any benefit to to doing this over watering if there's that compaction. Okay. Um, what trees can't you prune in the winter? Like, is there any ones that we shouldn't be touching at all, or? Um, we're we're going to be staying away from uh, birches and maples. They like to be pruned in full leaf. So, other than that, I mean, we're we're going to be going on everything uh, from shaping our trees uh, and uh, deadwooding, getting getting clearance from houses, which will be easy to notice this time of year. Um, and yeah, that's what you see a lot of, isn't it? Like, especially in some of the newer areas when the trees are about 10 years old now, when they're just planted too close to the houses or even some of the big old areas, right? Like it's just, uh, yeah. I know you came in and removed a tree on one of the projects we're starting uh, with our landscape division where we ended up taking out a spruce tree and we had to take out a mugo. But it's amazing on a lot like that, you didn't really notice that it's gone, right? It's just there were so many trees in there that it's going to just look healthier once it once it gets able to grow properly anyways. Yeah, but sometimes you just have to make that space. Um, you know, your, all your trees need their own growing space. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, taking out ones that aren't thriving and, and kind of sacrifice one for, for the others. Um, but then you can always, you know, once you have that clean slate and that goes out, then you can always look at replanting and putting in something that's more appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple calls, just people asking about the leaves still on the trees. And from what I understand, most time it's it's going to be fine. That's not going to hurt it. It just, they're, no. they're, they're, they didn't drop in time and unfortunately, but it is what it is. And I don't think it's a, it's a big harm to any trees, is it? No, no, everything should be fine. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. as, 
as you were saying earlier, uh, I just called a little bit. You know, take advantage of of uh, what we're getting. Like the snow, sometimes it doesn't feel the greatest to to look outside and see all of it, but you can use it to your advantage. Do the snow farming. Um, you know, when when we do get to the the nicer temperatures, if your hose is still out in the yard and, and it's not too froze, uh, you know, try to do some deep watering a little bit, um, and then just kind of get the trees all prepped for for a spring. Next it's a year. long. Yeah, it's a long winter. <laughs> it's like I said, we're, we're, we get we kind of in this now for you got November, December, January, February, March, April. They start leafing out a bit, and then May. So, like you said, we got a good six, seven months of this kind of thing. So, as they say, get used to it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks. It is. And I know uh, you and the team are nice and busy right now, which is great. So, uh, but I'll let you go. Thanks for calling in today, Mark, and thanks for the no insight on, on, on the trees there this morning. And uh, if you look to get any tree work done, give Mark and the, the crew at Prudent Up a call, and they'd be happy to help you out. Thanks, All right. Well, thanks, well. Mark. No All right. Take care. All right. We're going to take a break for a few uh, commercials, a couple other things. And when we get back, if you'd like to give me a shout, there is some lines open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to pull up Donna. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, Merle. Um, my how, question, how can my, I help you? Well, my question today is regarding my, I have two cannas, uh, and they're very, like the roots are huge, and I couldn't get all the soil off of it when I took them out of the the pots and like one yep. of them was just dried like I don't know what to do if I should wet them and try and get the soil off or or no it's I would just leave the soil on it's better that way okay and then what you need to do is then just let it dry with the soil on okay and then to stick them in a cool dark place right over okay. the winter and then pull them up about March or something like yeah. that and okay. uh, and plant them yeah I know it's I amazing how big it gets off, isn't though. it sorry yeah, it's amazing how big those bulbs get over the summer, though. Like how much growth you get in the ground. So yeah, one of them is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, no, I can barely lift it, it out of the pot. So yeah, the soil in there is fine to leave it on. It's okay. better. That's all yeah. I needed to know. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. Thanks for calling Bye. in. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Chuck. Good morning, Chuck. Morning, Merle. Uh, you might have a hey. bit of a problem with this question. I, I live out of town and I have a dugout, and the runoff from the fields around me, I don't know what chemicals, uh, fertilizers mm. uh, that they use, um, but I notice that um, when it's running in the spring, the water's running from the melt, uh, there's quite a bit of foaming um, that goes on in the water that runs into the dugout. So, of course, yeah, I've my seen concern that. is I want to use that for. Uh, to water my trees, right? And I don't know if I should or not. I would just get it tested, and that's about all you can do on that. Because okay. depending on what it is, because um, sometimes foam could be just um, residual organic residual, you know, oh, or okay. or it that. could be some. 
Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry because you know, like even in a hot tub or I've seen things like if they get a little bit dirty, but you get a little bit of organic matter in there, and all of a sudden it gets foamy. So that's yeah. all that could be. It just it just from more, more organic. I, okay. I don't think you'd have to worry about too much chemical runoff, but it's I would just get it tested if you could and and to see. Um, I'm not sure if the UFA or something like that would do that test the water for you, but um, I'll phone the UFA I and would. find out who they suggest. Yeah, and or, do you get much algae in there? Uh, no, not really. No, it's a, it's more of a kind of a, a dark brown color. It stays, and um, but I do get a lot of runoff. Like it's it's a, a lot. It, Field, uh, um, it's company. it's amazing how much water um, I know, and I I actually I was part of building the Polo Club, and then when we designed it, we dug a hole, twenty five feet deep, like a hundred by a hundred, sort of holds close to a million gallons of water because it takes like six hundred forty five thousand gallons to water a yeah. polo field once. So um, I was just amazed. You know, like how are we gonna how is this gonna fill up? But it's just amazing how, like, we dug that deep hole, and then all of a sudden it's right full in the springtime, yeah, and you yeah. get some groundwater and some other stuff. But it's it's just amazing how how it filled up, and so it. Well, this is like you're saying, a torrent of uh, uh, kind of like a dry riverbed that fills up and runs into the Bull River. But um, oh, okay. I just didn't know whether I should use that water, but maybe I'll test it before I do then. But you even like, you even see foam on the river too. Like I, I I live close to the river, and we're walking down there. A lot of times you'll see foam by the shore and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's where there's organic matter. So for the most part, I wouldn't worry too much. Maybe test a few trees if you can't get it tested and see if there's any um, anything happening on a tree. Maybe you don't like as much. Try it on it first, and then uh, and then go from there. My mother-in-law to taste it. <laughs> hey, that, that, I, I didn't say that. that was, okay, I didn't say that either. I don't know who said that. Exactly. All right. Thanks. Well, good Thanks. luck with that. I'm sure it'll be fine. All right, take better care. Hang. You better hang up now. Okay, <laughs> All right. All right. And I'm going to just do a few texts. And actually, I have an interesting one from one before asking about um, leaving the veggies in the ground. And this one uh, says that. Uh, I have an uncle in Saskatchewan who farmed. He liked to grow the most amazing parsnips, and each year he would leave half his crop in the ground till spring, and they would continue to grow, and they became so sweet, and they became larger and sweet. So give that give that a try. Let, let's see how that goes. And I got uh, Cass Smythe, uh, the gardening guru from the Cowrie Hort Society. She's going to call in and uh, – and let us know what's going on with the Hort Society. We'll talk to her about harvesting and a few other things as well. She's going to call in just after 10. So I'm going to take a break here, but if you'd like to give me a shout, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I got a text um, from this young lady. She has a gorgeous greenhouse and uh, looking out how to finally get rid of spider mites. I have a large heated greenhouse with over 200 plants inside, and I use Endall 
to spray on a few of my, few of my favorite plants, but I've found that they're in big pots and I have to bring them out every year. And my wisteria gets it every year. Here's a picture of my grails. It looks gorgeous, and and she has these great big dracaenas, and bring them back inside for the for the winter to to keep them going. Um, again, I would look at doing um, pure spray green on them. It does work really quite well, and she's also asked about doing a fumigate. If it's not connected to your house and you can fumigate, um, I've used that in cases, and and right now, like coming into winter. Um, it's a good time to do it if you do want to. You can get the smoke bombs and uh, just make sure um, you set it up. It depends on the size of the room. Looks like probably one would be enough to do that whole area. It does get in there, but just just make sure you're careful, seal it up nice, and uh, and go from there. <clears throat> Other than that, like I said, I have pretty good luck with the with the pure spray green on it, it just, and it'll work with any funguses or anything you have, but uh, it looks like you mainly have lots of big, big dracaenas and you have them put up like that and kind of tied up. I think this to bring them in. I would just, yeah. If, if you have access to a fumigator and it's not attached to your house, you, you can definitely do that. Other than that, I would just stick with the with the pure spray green. Again, not a fan of the end all as much as you do have to rinse it off. And uh, it just, I like the pure spray green as it'll cover and it looks after scale and a few other things, especially if you're bringing plants inside and out. Yeah, you have a great, uh, a great uh, little setup there. So nice work on that. And right now, I think I got time to do one call before the break. We're going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Good mo uh, morning. It's Mim. Oh, sorry, Mim. Yes. I, hi, have, hi. I, I have a black eye Susie that I wasn't able to cut back in time. And now, what do I do? Just leave it till spring? Is it the perennial one? Uh-huh. Yep. Actually, I like to leave all my perennials till spring anyways. I don't cut back really anything. I let Mother Nature just do its thing, let it fall upon itself, and then okay. that way it protects itself, and then all the energy that's in the leaves go back into the root system. Mm -hmm. And then just next spring when you see start seeing green come out from underneath, that's when I cut it back. Okay. And I have two two thing two other trees. I have a, a crab apple tree that still has leaves and uh, I I it's I got to get it better shaped. So I better have an arborist come and do that, I yeah. guess. Yeah, give Mark a shout. He'd be more than happy to come out and give that a look. And I have a lilac and, bush that's overgrown too. Well, those are two of his specialties, so you can get both of them done. Uh, and lilacs, and this is the time when you when you do look at thinning those out, or if they need to get rejuvenated, or when or should they be There's cut back? So, what time of the year? Once you hit winter, they can almost be cut back at any time, oh. like throughout the winter. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, in, when you get into January or something like that, you're fine. January, February. So, okay. And what you, is Mark's number? To, I can give you his number is 403-532-2500-2500. Thanks very much. 
yet, or if you if you you can book online too on the printed up website website as okay. well. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Wim. Mim. Sorry. It's okay. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a couple more texts here that I'm going to do. And, wow, there's a big one. Um, More on the spruce tree type thing. Good morning, Merle. This is one of our four Colorado spruce trees on our property. It has always been the most healthy looking of them all. They get regular slow watering every week, addition to sprinkler system. This year, one of the dead branches you can see on the left side. Do you think it is concern? Um, not when it dies back totally like that. If it was all over, something maybe just happened to that one branch. I would just go in and cut that one out, and you'll probably never think about it again. It'll be gone because it looks like the rest of it's nice and clean. So I, I wouldn't worry too much, to be honest. You, you, you should be totally fine with that. And uh, Sonia. And I got one more before the break here. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, okay. Whitish flowers. So it is a snowbird hawthorn is what you have, Devin. And, uh, and he was calling in about those hawthorns early. The mature about 15 to 20. Yep. So you have snowbird hawthorn. And that's great. They're growing wild out in your place. That's phenomenal. All right. I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Sunny and minus 16 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. There is a blockbuster deal in the oil patch. Sonovus Energy is buying Husky Energy. It's an all-stock transaction valued at $23.6 billion and can save the company's $1.2 billion annually. Craig Bond with the Bond Investment Group at Wellington Altus Private Wealth says a deal like this usually leads to layoffs. The deal is expected to close in the first quarter of 2021. It is a friendly deal between uh, both company boards. So we will get more details in the month, months ahead, uh, but expect, uh, expect to see some uh, layoff announcements I would anticipate going forward. Bond expects the deal to allow the companies to produce 760,000 barrels of oil a day, making it the third largest oil and gas producer in the country. An orange crush last night saw John Horgan's new Democrats leading or elected with 55 seats, leaving the Liberals far behind with 29 and the Green Party with three. Now, as Global's Richard Zussman explains, the B.C. Liberals under Andrew Wilkinson face uncertainty. Andrew Wilkinson not conceding. He remains the Liberal leader, although there are now members of his own team who are calling for him to step down. 29 seats for the Liberals. He wants to wait until the more than 500,000 mail-in ballots are actually counted. As for those mail-in ballots, they will be counted in a few weeks from now. The question is, will the NDP lead grow even further? And can Andrew Wilkinson stay on as leader until that's done? Or will he be pushed out before then? Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. It was a difficult weekend for Northeast Calgary residents still dealing with the aftermath of the June hailstorm and now cold temperatures. 
The storm caused an estimated $1.2 billion in damage on June 13th, and many homes in Saddle Ridge still have broken windows and shredded siding from the hail. Area Councillor George Shahal says in addition to this, he worries about how some are going to pay their heating bills. This is a desperate situation. I have serious concerns about how many of these uh, homeowners will get through the winter without having further damage to their homes and the high energy costs that they will face. In a statement, the province says they continue to encourage Albertans to work with their insurance providers for damage caused by the storm, adding their MLAs remain committed to assisting with the process. It almost seems normal now that everything is unusual this year, including the weather. The sudden blast of winter has allowed Mount Norquay to have its earliest opening in 95 years. Global's Carolyn Curry to Castillo has more. Skiers were out enjoying the fresh snow, both natural and man-made, on Saturday at Mount Norquay. Less than two weeks earlier, Mount Norquay was still in summer sightseeing mode, with people climbing and hiking in the area. One lift is open right now, and there are a few changes at the hill because of COVID-19. You have to pre-purchase tickets so they can keep tabs on the number of people there and to help with contact tracing. And masks are required in the lodge, in the lift line, and on the chairlift. General Manager Andre Quenville says he's optimistic they won't have to limit skier capacity at the hill this winter, but he says they will adjust as needed and will be keeping a close eye on the numbers. As for what might happen if the weather suddenly gets warm again in November, Quenville says the snow won't be disappearing now, with overnight temperatures still cool enough to get them through the next couple of weeks. He says at least at Mount Norquay, winter is here. Carolyn Curry, DeCastillo, Global News. Effective today, Crescent Road will reopen to vehicle traffic despite many area residents' wishes. The Crescent Heights Community Association says it is extremely disappointed with the city's decision. Crescent Road was closed to traffic back in April to allow for more physical distancing outdoors. In sports, Game 5 of the World Series will be on tonight between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay even this series with a walk-off two-run single last night to win Game 4 by a score of 8-7. to seven. Global News Sky Tracker weather, sunny in Calgary today. The wind chill at minus 25 currently, but temperatures will rise for a high of minus 3. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a low of minus 5. Tomorrow, those clouds will stick around, but we will be back above zero, a high of plus 1. It's minus 16 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to be joined by Cass Smythe. But if you'd like to join us or have any questions for Kath or myself, you can call in at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, right now, I'm going to pull Cass Smythe up on the line. Good morning, Kath. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. Yes. A little bit of snow, eh? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I uh, heard on the exactly. radio that this happened back, in the, the last time it was so bad in October was 1991. And that's really? the year I came back to Canada. <laughs> so. That was the year I got married. Oh, Ooh, I seem big, to recall. So actually we had a big... We had a big hailstorm that year, too, just like this year. It was actually yeah, on the day I yeah. got married on September 7th. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm surprised she didn't run. <laughs> well, she's endured. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so we get a lot of questions right now, Kath, about harvesting, what to do with your, like people want to bring tomatoes in and hang them upside down or hang their geraniums upside down. And I don't yeah. know why everyone wants to hang everything upside down. I'm not sure why, but. I'm not sure either, but it does work. I mean, okay. I, so what? Why do you hang a tomato upside down? Because as the green dies, it pushes some of the sugar into the tomatoes, and it just makes them that much sweeter. And that's oh, nice. one of the reasons. And it also holds them in place, and you don't get the rotting. Like if you pull them all and put them in a box and you just leave them sitting side by yeah. side, they they tend to rot really quickly. But if you just hang them upside down on their stems, they stay fresher and they last longer. Okay. And so what about geraniums? I know, like, I get, and actually I have a text here. I'll read it real quick. Okay. It says, good morning, Merle. Just before the snow came, I brought in two geraniums that I want to keep over the winter. Would you just go over what I need to do to keep them in good health for spring planting? I do have two shelving units with grow lights, and one has a plastic greenhouse effect, which would be more preferable or either. Thank you. <laughs> have a wonderful day. Valerie. So, and I've seen a lot of people keep them as houseplants. Yes, so have I. And and that seems to work really quite well. Well, my sister, my sister gave her geraniums to her cleaning lady, and the next year she, Chani, brought a picture of these geraniums, and they were six feet tall. Well, they were taller than her because she's five foot one or two she brought yep. pictures and she overwintered them but she nurtured them and pinched them and turned them to the light all the time but i mean i overwinter mine i cut them back and i put them this year i'm going to try some without any light and i'm going to take the root the soil off the roots and i'm going to put them in a box because i used to do that all the time then i started keeping a few under my grow lights and they regrow but you've got to stay on top of them because sometimes they get a little leggy. And in their own native environment, they are practically an evergreen. So in yeah. all intents and purposes, they live year-round. So you could probably keep them. But the trick is is to keep them not overwatered. They like it a bit on the dry side, especially in the in, indoors. You're going to find that they'll dry out a bit because of the central heating. But... They they do just fine if they're cut back, and that means you take lots of cuttings. <laughs> yeah, no. So so what? So if someone wants to, and so so for Valerie, she has actually one of the neat varieties. It has the like one of the leaves are all almost all really dark pigment, oh, and I just like a little ones. thin. Yeah, just a little thin green line around the outside. Yes. So, Valerie, what I would do with those ones that you have, I would take them and transplant them into a like an eight or a ten inch pot separately, and just treat them like a house plant and let them grow like they like a clay pot in a good, well drained soil. Just don't use the soil from outside. Like get a good potting mix. Yes. And and, and enjoy them for the summer, and especially the ones with the fancy leaves that you got. I would take some cuttings from those when you get into like February, March. You can start taking cuttings when you get some new growth and uh, and then go from there. But if you do want to do it, 
Kathy, we want to put them out in, downstairs. What, what's, what's that? And I've never done that. So what, what's that procedure? Well, that procedure is to literally prune them back so that, but you've got to leave at least six to eight inches of stem. And then okay. you just clean all the soil off as much as you can. You don't wash the soil off. And then I've done one of two things. I have an old clothes drying rack that I dry herbs on. So I take a clothes peg and I'll hang them upside down in the middle of the rack or I just take a cardboard box and I lay them from one end to the other end and I go back and forth and pack a small cardboard box and keep them in a lower, in a cool spot and just make sure that they don't get too um, too cold downstairs, sometimes down near the floor and not near your furnace. You, you will find yeah. they get a little dry. But the other trick is, is in the area, try to keep some humidity of some sort, even if it's just a bottle of or a jar or a, a bowl of water, just for the extra added humidity, because our houses do get very dry in the winter months. And then when okay. you bring them and up, I've heard... sorry, yeah, when you bring no, them upstairs, ahead. you want to make sure that you bring them up and you give them some new fresh soil and you give them some fertilizer. And I like a half strength, fifteen thirty fifteen or something like that, and I will fertilize them when I first get them upstairs and watered. And remember, a dry plant doesn't take up fertilizer, so you've got to give it a good drink. And it will start to redevelop leaves, and it will start to grow like crazy. And I usually do that about the end of February and bring them up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember that sort of when we would do our cuttings, we would we – would... Our stock plants, we'd keep a bunch of geraniums at the greenhouse, yes, and we'd plant them, put them into big pots, and then we'd just let them grow for the for the winter or whatever. Yes, and then J- January, February, we'd cut them right back a bit, yes. and then wait for all that new growth to come, and then we'd take cuttings off all the new soft growth. Yeah, so. the softer growth is the much better growth for the cutting, as far as I'm concerned. So, and I know a lot of oh, people absolutely. agree that agree with that. Yeah. Just the crucial yeah. part of it is is to make sure that you give them a chance to get going with some healthy new growth, and then you, then you start taking the big cuttings off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, how are you guys making out at the Hort Society like, as far as your classes and things like that? Is there much going on, or oh, are we've you guys got doing lots some, of virtual? Oh yeah, a lot of it is still virtual, but we're about to do some hands-on live in-person talks, uh, well, workshops, actually. We're going to do a Christmas doorstep arrangement at the end of November. We are doing some in-person classes and making hands-tied wreaths. And we're going to try the gnome. We're going to make a gnome. Laura yep. from Garden Retreat's going to do that one. So that one nice. should be fun. And we've yeah, we got get the gnomes really in full blaster. Sorry, Meryl? I said, we got the gnomes in full blast already. So I saw that. I noticed cr- that. I just think Chris, they're, uh, I think they're fun. I, of course, had Yeah, to, they're, they're adorable. Oh, I think they're great. Although I made one out of a Christmas tree last year. My neighbors referred to him as Thing because he was quite large. But I had quite a large nice. hat for him, so he looked very cool. Awesome. <laughs> but we're doing some classes. Um, we've got Botany for Gardeners, November 10th. Um, we have edible mushrooms coming up on the 14th of November, and we've got garden salves and bombs from the Herb Lady. And if you come into October 29th, we have Propagating Houseplants with Janet Melrose, 
And I'm doing the November member talk, and that is on okay. November 5th. And I'm talking about what does a gardener do in the winter. So we will see how that one turns out. And we go right into December, and then, of course, we're going to take a bit of a break. But most of our classes are still, um, some of them are going to be going live, and some of them are going to stay online. So it's just There's a question so much to of do going in the to winter still. Pardon me? Yeah. But as far as gardening in the winter and garden, there's so there's still so much to do by the time you put your beds to to or your all your flowers to bed and yes. do your stuff, bit of pruning, do some house plants, and then you start looking at getting seeds in January. <laughs> like it just it's amazing how fast it goes. And well then, it doesn't go uh, away. I I No. No, it never goes away as far as I'm concerned. And the amaryllis bulbs are in. Oh my goodness, now I don't know what I'm gonna do. Because I've run out yeah. of room. <laughs> yeah, no, we got those in the other day, so it was good to see those. We have the wax ones and then the regular ones as well. So did you get wax some of those ones waxed got... ones with the funny faces? Yeah, no, a bunch of those for the Christmas ones, and they don't need any soil. You just put them on yeah, the counter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are in a way. Yeah, yeah, away they go. They just sort of make different things. There's some. Um, they just put some different faces on the bulbs, and yeah. most people like the the straight um, gold or silver things yes. like that. Yes, but I know I just like the straight gold or silver. I'm not sure I want the funny faces, but then they yeah. are kind of cute. And, and did you get the no, hyacinths? Um, did you get the hyacinths in the fourth? I believe so. I'm just I'm not 100 percent sure. I know Zoe has a bunch of stuff coming in. Um, they were doing inventory the last couple of days, so I stay away because I get too. Uh, I, I'm better off if I stay out of the way when they're doing that kind of stuff. So <laughs> they yeah. like it better too. So yeah, they probably and, like that yeah, better because you tend to talk too much. <laughs> yeah, no, and we and we've worked. We got our. We've expanded our Christmas area, so the one one of the we've heated two of our greenhouses, and uh, so we've expanded our tropical area and our Christmas area by four thousand square feet. So we got a lot of different stuff that's going to be available just with the COVID and like a lot more shopping area and a lot more spaced out social distancing shopping. So well, it looks like um, a really interesting changeover. I was in snooping around, looks, as you probably realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 turning out great, and and Suzanne always just amazes me how fast she gets going on that merchandise and how she gets that place looking so good. So she uh, she's fabulous at that. So we're we're really quite fortunate and looking forward to the next season. And we do have Santa and his reindeer lined up for December fifth and sixth. Oh, yeah, so we're going to be have Santa with his reindeer with pictures. And uh, set up for at the garden center. So we have a couple ideas how we're going to do that with uh, with this COVID thing. Are you going to keep so, the, but the reindeer from social distancing? Isn't one of them kind of likes to have treats? It seems. Yeah, he, he. Yeah, uh, the one that likes to cuddle the most is named Trump. So uh, it's kind of funny. He. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> exactly. He's the he's the cuddly guy. Uh, so. Um, so we're not too sure. We have a couple ideas how we're going to deal with it. We're thinking a, th a thin glass barrier between Santa and the people where we build yeah. a – it, and you won't be able to see it in the picture. We have a few ideas how we're going to deal with it. Um, so we're just working on their details on that, but we're we're very confident that that will go across and come across very well. And 
and still end up with some, some great fun. pictures. Some, yeah, yeah. And some fun, some nice fun time. Yeah, that'll Absolutely. be a nice thing. And when you have Santa and the reindeer, what else could happen but have fun? So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully we get this under under control a little bit more before December. That's still a couple months away. So hopefully we can uh, yeah. get into the Christmas season a little bit better well, shape. Well, we should be able so, to, I think. I think it's just a, yeah. you know, and gardeners are pretty resilient. We'll keep on, we'll keep on trying stuff. Keep so, on keeping on. Yeah, keep on exactly. keeping growing. Yeah. All right, Kath. Well, I'm going to let you go. All right. Thank you so much. And if you need anything at the from the Calgary Hort Society, you can find them at calhort.org. Yes. Thanks, Thanks Merle. Thanks, Kath. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I got to take a quick break for the few commercials, a couple other things. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Staying on And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full, Calgary's trusted full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And what we're going to do? I'm gonna actually got a text here. I got one from Mark. He's growing a fig tree up on the balcony and has a bunch of figs on it. And it really depends on what variety it is, Mark. Um, some of it you can get going and it will be, um, I guess they do, they need, they do need to go dormant, but if, if it doesn't, um, I'm not sure what variety you have. So I would just bring it in, treat it like a house plant and then go from there and, and then see how that, see how that works out and, and goes through this, the, Go through the winter season and and go from there and uh, give that a try. It's it it's it just the main thing is when you're trying to bring a plant like that inside is just don't keep it too wet. Um, keep it in full sun though, and just watch for spider mites and a couple other things. They seem to love those the fig trees. So give that a try. And uh, but enjoy those figs. They look some decent ones on there. So just keep it going and uh, let let us know how that keeps working out for you. And right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to see if Lou is still there. Good morning, Lou. Hi. Good morning, Merle. Hi. Um, how can I help you? Um, I have a question about a calla lily that someone has given me. It was about eight inches tall. I've had it for two years in the house and I've been watering it. Um, it's now about three feet tall. Lots of leaves. But it's never bloomed. Oh, well. Yeah, and so I I don't know if I should. Um, I want it to bloom. So do I let it go? How, how much all... light? Um, it's in a south window. Okay, so it's getting a fair bit of light. And yeah. have you fed it at all? Uh, a wee bit. I thought that that might help okay. promote the blooms. But yeah, has... I would. Yeah. So what you need to is probably feed it with fifteen, thirty, fifteen. Okay. You need a high middle number of the phosphate to get them going. They're actually fairly heavy feeders. Okay. So to get them to bloom and run them a little bit drier, like let them dry out in between right. waterings. Really yeah, good. I do do that. Now, I, I think I read somewhere online that you're supposed to let them um, sort of go dormant, kind of like a tulip bulb, and then that forces the, the buds. Is, is that true or not? Um, definitely with some. If you, if you want to do that, then you have to 
you let it shut right down, let it yeah. die back, and then sort of leave it for six, eight weeks, 12 weeks in a cool, dark place, and uh-huh. then bring it back up and then regrow it again from there. Yeah, okay. So I'm. What would your suggestion be? Like I'm kind of a little scared to let it go dormant because yeah. it's growing so yeah, nice. It, it, <laughs> Yeah, if it's still looking really nice, I would try to get it to bloom because some of the varieties are, are sort of are the houseplant ones, and they, they will bloom again for you. Um, so maybe give it a try for the next couple months. Give it some of that 15, 30, 15, and get a high middle number. Okay. Well, and this see one was if actually you get take, anything. Sorry, this one was actually sorry? taken from a garden in Vancouver, so I know it wasn't a houseplant there. It was just outside. Oh, okay. You know, um, okay. Year-round. Yep, yep. And um, so I, you know, okay. I know it has bloomed before. <laughs> okay, if it's supposed to be outside, then I would probably try the dormant route then. Okay, okay. Like, so just let it start dying back. And I know sometimes it's hard to do, especially even when you have the, like a really nice amaryllis or things like that. Yeah, exactly. But that's, yep, so just let it die back. All the energy will go back into the bulb. Okay. And then just pull it and put it in the coolest, darkest place you have in your in your in your house or unheated garage. But it can't get like below like minus five, minus yeah, ten. Yeah, I've sort got of a cool. basement that's unfinished, so probably down there is good. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, put it in a cool, dark place. Leave it for six to twelve weeks, something like that. Okay. And pull it back up. And, okay, but uh, just leave it in the soil it up and then, go hey? from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. You're welcome. Okay, Let us know how that goes. Thank I you. Will. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. All right. And actually, I'm right at the end of the thing here. i got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Clear and minus 16 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. First responders are at the scene of a multi-vehicle collision on Crowchild Trail this morning. It happened at Crowchild Trail and Kensington Road Northwest. The right lane is currently blocked. We will have more on this as it is available. Ontario and Quebec set grim milestones in COVID-19 today. The Quebec reached more than 100,000 cases. And for the first time, Ontario reported more than 1,000 cases in a single day. The Alberta Serious Incident Response Team is investigating the death of a suspect being held at the Spy Hill Centre. Police say during a routine check around 8 p.m., a suspect was seen eating his meal. But during the next check, he was found unresponsive. Global News Sky Tracker weather sunny today and a high of minus three. It's minus 16. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, there's a couple spots on the phone lines. You can call me at 403 974 8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. And I do have quite a few texts. I'm going to start answering them as well. Um, But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, I'm sitting in the sun. I don't know about you. Isn't it? Almost. It's actually nice, isn't it? It's beautiful. Uh, Yeah, it's going to warm right up next. Yeah. My lilac tree is... The lilac tree still has all its leaves on it. 
Yeah, no, there's quite a few lilacs, some aspens, um, definitely willows. Wow. I know my laurel leaf willow still has lots of leaves on it. For the most part, they'll be fine. Like it, it won't hurt okay. them. It's always ideal if they can download um, and lose their leaves, but other than that, they'll be fine. Okay, and uh, ladybugs. Uh, do yes. you have them for? Do they have them for both the? Uh, I guess flowers and uh, vegetables or plants. I think it's the or same ones. You can, yeah, it's just the same ladybugs you can use. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they care where they're eating aphids if they're eating aphids on veggies or flowers. So. Okay, and you had mentioned there is some that just sit, and other ones that kind of. Land fly, fly away, away. Yeah. yeah, and that's when we bring them in, we make sure there's a couple of varieties, and we bring the ones that will stay until the until the food is gone, and then they, they hang around for a bit. But typically, even a lot, most of the ladybugs, they come in, they do their thing. If there's nothing left, they will move on because they got to keep looking for food, right? Oh, okay. But some are flyers, like... I know there's some suppliers out there that just sell ladybugs and they don't really specify. And sometimes as soon as you put them out, the next day they're all gone, um, even if you have aphids. So it's, um, yeah, so you just got to be careful and just uh, ask which ones you're getting because I know the ones that we bring in. I, and we're, I know Brad's in charge of that and he, and he is fairly diligent. Like he waits. I know we get a lot of people ask him, we'll say, well, other places have them but they're not the ones that he wants to bring in. He wants to get the right ones for our area that will hang out and do their job because they're not that inexpensive either, right? So if you're paying 18 to 20 bucks for a bag of ladybugs, you want them to hang out and do their thing. So, all right. Oh, how, how many How many do you get in a bag? I think a couple hundred. Oh, okay. Just, just it's a bag full. How, how much per, per uh, ladybug? Per per bug, yeah. Uh -huh. I'm not sure per bug, but you get a bag full of them, so yeah. you're good okay. to go. And right. I still, I still say that all mushrooms are edible. Don't care how you look at it; they're all edible. Yeah, it depends on it depends what buzz you want to get off it at the end, right? Some of them are kind of poisonous, uh -huh. so I I would be I would be careful of which ones I ate though, or well, not be driving someone... or or something. Yeah, but some of them are only once. We'll leave yeah. that with Yeah, they're edible. Yeah, eat it only <laughs> once and then you're not. Exactly. Well, that's what people ask me if those berries, they ask me if those berries are edible. I said, all depends on your taste tolerance. I don't know how they, if they uh -huh. taste good. You can or eat whatever you want, but yeah. All right, thanks. Okay. Good to hear from you, John. Well, great summer. Thanks, Merle. Yep, take care. Talk to you soon. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to caller Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hi, how are you? Good, oh, good. How are you making out, Jim? Yeah, uh, I've got a large spruce tree, like 40, 40 feet high. And I okay. water it regular on the outside of the tree, and I water it deep. And all of a sudden in this last week, all the, a ton of needles have fallen underneath it. Do I need to fertilize, or is that kind of normal? If it's all coming from the middle, it's totally normal, Jim. Yeah, it's all um, from coming straight down from the middle. 
Okay. Yep, and that's normal. They go through their natural shedding process. Okay. And they'll do that every two to three years sort of thing, depending. And it looks awful for a bit. It'll turn yellow, and then they just start dropping. Yeah, exactly. And pine, pine trees, it looks worse. But on a nice, healthy tree, a lot of times it looks worse because the tree is so nice and green and vibrant. Right. And But it's a normal process, so um, you should totally find Jim. Excellent. Thank you very much. I love your show. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye. Take care. You as well. All right. And I probably got time for one more before the break. I'm going to go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Um, Okay. So I have a couple questions, if I may. Um, I guess my number one is my, I have a bird's nest fern indoors. And I just can't seem to grow it. And I've, I've got I've got green toes, but I'm just I'm having trouble with this poop bird's nest. So maybe you can. Ferns are some of the tougher things to grow in Calgary. It's just because it's so dry here. Mm, And um, so again, it's it's potting up. Even if you plant multiple ferns in together, I find that helps as well. And having Mm -hmm. a good soil, like have a good nice soilless mix like a good potting soil, like tropical plant soil. And mm-hmm. and then you don't want to miss them or anything, but you want a large enough pot where when you're watering it, it's not drying out every two days sort of thing. Okay. If so that makes um, sense. I have it in orchid bark right now, so that's wrong, okay? Yeah, I would definitely put it into some soil. Okay. Because then that way it has a little bit more substance and the humidity from the soil will help it. Okay, so I have this Filmix yeah. HP. Is that okay for that? Yep, that okay. should be great. Yep. And fertilizer. And I would go like a little larger pot. Um, okay. They like a like a good all-purpose 20-20-20 is perfect for those. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, and 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 like I said, I always I like to plant a few ferns together. They seem to like that because if you see them on the forest floor or in 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 natural environment, they tend to like to to grow together, and it like looks nicer. So create a nice little fern pot. Like you put a piece of bark, and, or the same. Yeah, you can, or or all the same. But it's kind of nice to mix them up a bit. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm bringing in my lemon tree. I had it outside. And do I okay. need to well, Hopefully you brought it in already. Well, it's in the garage. <laughs> it's waiting till the weather's warm enough to transport it back into the house. <laughs> I did a last oh, okay. kind of gather and threw it all in the garage. Yeah. Um. So when I bring it into the house, do I have to change the soil or can I just spray it with a nope. pure spray? Yep, just spray it with pure spray green and you'll be fine. Um mm-hmm. I, I brought mine in three or four weeks ago, and and I just sprayed it with some pure spray green, and I watered it really, really good when it was outside for the last time, and then mm-hmm. just brought it inside in the same pot. And you don't have to bag and, it when, uh, you, when you spray the soil <clears throat> and everything else? No, because pure spray green is a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. It's not like a chemical or anything, so you're fine. You, if you do it out in the garage, just have it sit on a – like a pod or something in this spray up, try and get underneath it and all that. Just make sure you soak it really well. Okay. But try and make sure it's a little bit warmer. I don't know if, if the garage is heated, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I don't have to rinse okay. that off either, right? No, 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 you don't. And that's um, the nice thing about the pure spray green. You don't have to rinse it off. Perfect. And Jerusalem artichokes. When I okay. I want to store them for the winter so that I can plant them in the spring. Is there a way to do that? Um, typically know? with most of the bulbs, again, is um, what you want to do is let the let it dry out. Okay. And and then you just stick it in a cool, dark place. Like put it into a cardboard box or something okay. like that. Do you use and, the soil or anything? Yeah, you can use um, – I, I just use like what works best. It's either like there's a hemp – or just a cocoa moss, okay, something like that. That'll, that'll, yeah. This, just, just, but put it in a nice, cool, dark place. And you can do that with all mm -hmm. your bulbs, like dahlia bulbs, calla lilies, canna lilies, all that same sort of. All they right. all follow the same rule of thumb for the most part. Okay, and the artichoke does too. Yep, and then you can <laughs> store it that way. Awesome. Okay, and um. Alrighty. Thank you so much. If I have one okay. more question. If I have yeah, you can go ahead. tomatoes, like I started off a little stalk that I had outside and it's got some amazing roots. If I bring it in, do I need to put light on it? And if so, how long? Oh, sorry, and what plant was that? Sorry, I missed the one part. Sorry. A tomato. Okay. Uh, they don't do well when you bring them in. If they've grown all summer... Um, they almost seem to have a lifespan. I, I would just start fresh. I would just reseed okay. and start a fresh one. If you have oh. some tomatoes off of that one, they're yeah. really easy. To, you can pull the seeds out and and uh, just dry them a little bit and put them into soil, and they'll root right up. So. And, and how long do how much light do they need per day? Well, they need a fair bit of light, so uh -huh. you want to keep them in the brightest part in your house. Okay. All right. So, like, Alrighty. if I had a light to put on them, though, would I do, a, like, a 12-hour cycle? Yeah, or eight, yeah, 8 to 12 hours a day would be awesome. Okay. Yep. Okay, perfect. Thank yep. you so much, Merle. Love All your All right, show. thanks, Allison. Yeah. Thank Talk you. Soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and i got a couple of texts I'm going to read here quickly. I planted some tulip bulbs in a container, but I'm not 100% sure on how to care for it over the winter. I can't leave it outside, right? Actually, they do need to stay outside. Um, they need to be in a cool place, like either in an unheated garage or outside in in a shady spot. Like just put them, hide the container in the coolest place in your in your backyard. That way, it stays frozen and uh, and doesn't thaw out in between. So you don't want to leave it out on the deck in the full sun. It'll dry out and 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 won't do very well. But if you keep it in the in a shady spot and just keep mulch over it, you should be totally fine. And uh, but typically the the tulips do much better in the ground, or if you or if you have a nice big big container, they can do all right. It's just in Calgary with our Chinooks, 
in a drastic temperature change, like we'll see here, like minus 18 today and then plus 10 later on during the week. So, so when it does warm up coming up next week, if you do have some of those tender, like cowrie boxwoods, um, cedars, some of those things, you want to use the wilt proof on them. And that's the one you can use on your, if you do those outdoor winter arrangements with your boughs or wreaths, things like that. Um, but the wilt proof should be applied when it's just above plus five. So this coming week um, is a perfect time to uh, apply that wilt proof on any of your tender evergreens, and that will help. It's so like a lip, lip balm for a lot of your tender evergreens, and, and it'll get them through this dryness. And like I said, when it gets cold like this, you can just feel everything just dry right up. So... All right, I got another one here. Good morning. I missed the trimming of my potentilla shrubs this fall after they flowered. Can I still trim the bulky branches this week? Your advice is always appreciated, Marcia. I would, yeah, you could definitely, they work like a hedge, so you could just trim them up nicely, and then next spring you'll get a nice big flush of new growth come out of those, no problem. So absolutely, it's a great time to, to just trim those up and, and go from there. And I got one more caller here. I'm going to go to Suzanne. Good morning, Suzanne. Hello. Hi, Suzanne. Hi there. Hi. How, ca- how are how you, Merle? Um, yes. I'm doing um, great. In, in the springtime, I get um, the hyacinth bulbs um, when they come out to, at like Safeway and that, and I buy them. And then when they're yep. done, I plant them in my garden. And by um, fall time, they end up coming up again and flowering instead of coming in the springtime. So they're kind of backwards. Okay. So and what's have going you had on? one over the winter? Have you overwintered one? Do, will it come up again next year, or have you got that far? Uh, no, it does come up next year, but it doesn't come in up the spring? until the no, not the spring. It comes in the fall instead. Wow. So that's, yeah, uh, my, that's the weird, bulbs eh? are kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah, that is because typically, and as you know, you plant them in the fall, and yeah. uh, and and they'll come up early spring for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, that's kind of nice. You get some nice color in the fall. Then. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Don't, I don't know how to. Yeah, and yeah, that's kind of weird. It maybe this they they. They've broken their cycle. They're on a different cycle. Maybe they're from Australia, on the other side yeah. of the earth. So, uh, <laughs> not sure. I get them from Safeway yeah, when they it come doesn't up in make, the springtime. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just weird that they. You think they'd go through the winter in the ground? That they know that when it comes up, it'll be so. I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure. That's that's okay. that's very odd. Yeah, maybe. It is. Yeah, let. Yeah, let me know again this spring if it does that again. That's that is uh, that's definitely a little bit different. So, okay, and also right. I have one more question. I have um, a poinsettia, and I've had it for years, and all it's doing is shooting out green leaves, no red. Okay, ones. and that yeah, it won't do red because you need to do the twelve hours of light, twelve hours of dark, twelve hours of light, twelve hours of dark. So oh, even. Goodness. Right right now, you could probably start, it's a little bit late, but if you started right now, like today, leave it out for, for the full sun all day, and then sort of at 8 o'clock at night, put it in the closet, nice and dark, all night until 8 in the morning, and then okay. bring it back out 
12 and 12 and you have to be okay. fairly diligent on it and then that will uh, that'll activate the it to start changing color okay thank you all right all right okay. give that a try Have a great thank day. you bye you suzanne too. Bye. you too bye-bye all right i'm gonna take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm just going to go to a few texts as I don't believe there's any callers on the line, so I'm just going to do a couple more texts here to finish off the show. And it says here, good morning, Merle. We bought a house in Varsity last November, and the Katoni Aster suffered bad frost and died died off. We have to cut the hedge down in half, prune most of the dead main branches out, some, some regeneration over this year. Hedge still looks sparse. I would just take that hedge right down to the ground and just do a full rejuvenation and then give it a really good feeding and do a good cleanup. It probably has um, a lot of the scale that's been decimating a lot of the older neighborhoods in, in Calgary. And what you want to do is you want to treat that with pure spray green and and do, like I said, when you cut it back, just do a really, really good cleanup and get rid of all the old wood. And go, you can go down, right, right down to three or four inches and uh, just make sure you have a nice sharp saw or if you're going to call an arborist in um, to do it. I know Mark does a lot of that. Um, it's one of the only ways to really get those looking good again is to start right down to the bottom and then just feed it with a 20-20-20 good old purpose um, help it from the bottom water it really well next spring and you'll be amazed at how fast it'll come back when you when you only cut part of it back it's it's using too much of its energy trying to regenerate old wood so you're just much better off just taking it right down let let everything go down right to the right to the right down to the root so all that energy goes into new growth and uh, and going from there so and don't forget um the weather's gonna be nice if you didn't get all your bulbs planted or if you still want some perennials some different things there's still lots of great um perennials a few left in the store and i know they're on very cheap right now so a lot of the garden center if there's any left you're going to be able to good, get a good deal out there and when you're buying those it's just a it's just a root you are buying with your perennials and stuff like that so don't be afraid to uh, pick up some good deals out there and get those planted up and uh, and then go from there and also snow farming and water your trees and shrubs in well uh, when it warms up there for the last couple of weeks and you should be good to go but that's it for us for this week. We'll get our garden on next week here on 770 CHQR.